0: Back to part 2 of Exodus chapter 32. Just in case you're listening this for the very first time. Kindly go back to the previous episodes. That you can learn what I talked about in Exodus 32 from verses 1 to 8. Uh, Because today we are starting from verses 9. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses. And they are stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord, his God, Lord. He said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought up, whom you brought out of Egypt with the great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you saw by your own self. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And I will give your descendants all this land I promised them. And it will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. I've read from verses 9 to 14. When the anger of God is burning against me because of my sinful ways i need to repent all of my sin before god so that i can find favor before his presence and this verse even from moses response, he was quick to repent on behalf of the israelites so that god's anger wouldn't burn against against the children of israel she said, uh, verse 11 says, but Moses sought the favor of the Lord, his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? And what Moses did was to ask for their for, to he repented on their behalf and he also reminded uh, God that these people that you're saying your anger will burn against them these are your people like god you he was like god are you really sure you want to kill your own people and and i think the exodus 9 to 14 is talking about repenting and also reminding god of the promise that he promised over your over your life God gives us room to repent, um, verses 34, I mean Exodus 34, verses 6, verse 6 and 7. It says, I, I read from, let me just read of it. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. But I want us to concentrate on this first attribute of God. Because I'm sure he's talking about for the person who has repented. Then he's he's compassionate and a gracious God. He's slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. God is willing to forgive. So let us be quick. To repent when we realize that we have sinned against God. Secondly, remind remind God of the promises that he has made over your life. God is a promise keeper. He is faithful to, to fulfill the promises that he gave you. So if you remind God, remember after you have repented, don't go there with a lot of ego and pride and everything. After you have repented and you have humbled yourself before God, then remind God his promises that he has given unto you. And I'd like also to point out that repentance is not just saying God I've sinned against you about this and this. Uh, I pray that you forgive me. Repentance is it's turning away from sin. So after, after you have done that, remind God uh, of the promises that he has made over your life. Uh, verses 15. Moses turned and went down to the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. Isn't it crazy that when we have given up on waiting on God, that's just the moment he's about to show us what he has been doing behind the scenes. It's God had finished giving the commands to Moses when the Israelites made their own God. There are no further instructions or commands after Exodus 31 and then 32 is the golden calf. And isn't it crazy that God had written all that stuff, all the commandments and all the instructions that he had given to Moses even about about building the altar. And he had given them all of that. Then... At that time when God is about to send Moses to the people that's when the people decided to turn away from God. It's crazy that God had the Israelites in mind the whole time. God was giving all these instructions to Moses because he had he had the Israelites in mind. He wanted to prepare them and to and for them to he was teaching Moses how um how he build the altar, the Ark of the Covenant and the altar and the sacrifices and the offerings that they were to give and everything. And to me when I when I read uh, the previous chapters, God is preparing israelites he's he he wants to teach them how to worship him how to commune w- with them uh, how to commune how the israelites were to commune with god how the kind of offerings that they were to bring to him and everything but israelites didn't see that and to be honest when i was reading um verses uh, chapter 30 and that one and maybe now 29 and everything I was like god this is boring because I don't get it and and the dimensions of the ark and everything I'm like god do you really have to let us know like the measurements and everything like in this book like why can't we just go directly that you gave you showed Moses how to build an altar in that one was it but the whole time god wanted the measurements to be right because that altar god had a certain precision, and as and he has a standard that that is acceptable to him but the whole time what i'm trying to say is god was preparing the israelites for worship and he had them in mind he wanted a relationship with them but they only saw what they were lacking they only saw a god who had left them but they never saw they never sat to think what is god doing they they never sat to think god is god is providing for us Uh, the manner every day it means that he is still within us it's still he's guiding Moses uh, to the next step that we are going to take so that we can get to the promised land they never thought that but the crazy stuff is that God had finished giving the giving Moses all the instructions and now thinking into my life don't we give up right at that moment when God is about to show up and then because we have messed up like what happened then we have to go through the consequence of our sin which again derails our uh, us to going to our promised land of we. And it's our fault. We are the one who has delayed ourselves. It's not God. He had a certain timing. I'm going to appear this time. But we decide, oh, I think God has forgotten about me. Let me do this on my own. And because sin is painful. Sin is very painful. And because it's painful, it means... I'll have to heal from that sin so that now I can God can teach me what he intended to teach me so that now I can go to the next step. You see, we are the ones who delay our own destinies. It's no God, it's not God's fault. We if we are just patient enough, just like I talked about in the last episode about meditating on God's word and believing that if God showed up for me in the last season, then I believe that He's also going to show up for me, even in this moment where I can't really feel His presence. But I believe in God enough and I trust God enough to know that He hasn't forgotten about me. Now, going to the reading. Verses sixteen to what? Let me read. The tablets the tablets were the work of God. The writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. God did all this work for the sake of the Israelites, but they never saw that. But don't blame the Israelites too much. Imagine we are also like that. He used Israelites as an example, but we are all the same. When Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting, he said to Moses, There is the sound of war in the camp, Moses replied. It is not the sound of victory. It is not the sound of defeat. It is the sound of singing that I hear. When Moses approached the camp and saw the calf and the the dancing, his anger burned, and he threw the tablets out of his hands breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. And he took the calf the people had made and burned it in the fire. Then he, gr- he ground it to the powder, scattered it on the water, and made the Israelites drink it. He said to Aaron, what did these people do that to you that you led them into such great sin? Do not be angry, my lord, Aaron answered they said to me make us gods who will go before us as for this fellow moses who brought us up out of egypt we don't know what has happened to him so i told them whoever has any gold jewelry take it off then they gave me the gold i threw it into the fire and out came this calf. now let us be angered by what angers god let us learn to hate what God hates. Uh, that goes for verses nineteen and twenty. Uh, when Moses saw whatever had happened, um his anger burned and he threw the tablets out of his hands. He took he then took the calf and burned it in fire, ground it, and scattered it on water, and made the Israelites. Drink that water, Moses was very angry when he saw whatever had happened and what the Israelites had done to despise themselves by making a god, the same thing that had angered God while um while god while Moses was with God on the mountain. Angered Moses when he saw actually what had happened. You see, the difference between Moses and God is that God is omnipresent and he was seeing whatever was happening. And for Moses, he hadn't seen yet what had happened until he went down the mountain and saw for himself what was happening. And that anger burned and such that he threw the tablets, and he burnt the coffin. He ground th- and he ground the ash, and made the Israelites drink the water from that. And I'm thinking the same things that make God angry, which we, sh- we should also. They should also make us angry because if we love god then we we if you love someone you want to please them um and it's and it goes for any kind of relationship and you know god is intelligent and has a lot of wisdom and he knew whenever he said that that you should uh, love what he loves and hate what he hates he knew that would ask questions so he created relationships all sort of relationships where if i have a a boyfriend or a husband i want to please them i want to buy them gifts that they like i want to if their love languages quality time i want to give them that if they are Love languages, touching them I want to give them that then th- that is similar to god what what God loves, I should love what God hates, I should hate the other thing i can I should point out about that verse uh, verses twenty one to twenty four is that. Aaron did not take the responsibility of misleading the Israelites. Verse 22, he said to Aaron, What did these people do to you that you led them into such great sin? Aaron had been left with the responsibility of leading the Israelites. And they come to him, uh, make us gods who will go before us. Aaron didn't even ask them or or try to convince them, oh you know, God, uh, you know, uh Moses is actually my brother, this guy you're calling fellow is my brother. Um and he didn't even try to push them. Uh he didn't struggle, he just accepted what they told him. And the thing when Moses asked the, asked him what did these people do to you. That you let them into such great sin. He, he didn't take responsibility. Secondly he pointed his finger. To the Israelites. To say that this that they came to me. Uh, that I should make them a god. And that's what I did. And he's saying like. It's their fault. But the thing is iron is a leader and if you are a leader and if you're in christ whether you have a position or you don't have one you're a leader so just don't think about a leader who is leading in a certain uh, department or a company or church and everything and think to yourself "Ah no i'm not a leader i'm excluded from this no as long as you're in christ you're a leader now As a leader, you're not, when you know that these people have a certain weakness, because this is what he said Do not be angry, my Lord, Iron answered. You know how prone these people are to evil. If you know that someone is prone to falling, you don't lead them to falling. As a leader, you're supposed to. Elevate them, to encourage them, and to teach them and to lead them into the way of life. You're not supposed to be, ah, they have this weakness, so that's why they are struggling with that. No, that's not a leader. You're not a leader when you're literally leading someone into falling. As a leader, you're supposed to equip that person or the people that you're leading you should be the one who is encouraging people to lead a holy life that's your responsibility as a leader follow SWAN podcast on social media at SWAN podcast on Instagram and SWAN podcast by Shell Njogu on Facebook at Njogu Shello on twitter you can also chat me up on my personal account at shell Jogo. this is